Chapter Twelve of *The Prelude to Adventure* by Hugh Walpole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve: Love to the Valse Triste. One. It was all, when one looked back upon it, the rankest melodrama. The darkness, the flaming lamp, Craven's voice and eyes, Bunning. It had all arranged itself as though it had been worked by a master dramatist at any rate there they now were the three of them ulva bunning craven placed in a situation that could not possibly stay as it was in which direction was it going to develop bunning had no control at all it would be he who would supply the next move meanwhile in the back of ulva's mind there was that banging sense of urgency no time to be lost he must see margaret and speak before rupert spoke to her perhaps even now craven was not certain if he only knew of how much craven was sure did he feel sure enough to speak to margaret meanwhile the first and most obvious thing was that bunning was in a state of terror that threatened instant exposure the man was evidently realizing that now for the first time he had a big thing with which he must grapple he must grapple with his devotion to ulva with his terror of craven but most of all with his terror of himself that last was obviously the thing that tortured him for having now been given by the high gods an opportunity of great service so miserable a creature did he consider himself that he would not for an instant trust his control he was trying ulva saw with an effort that in its intensity was pathetic to prove himself worthy of the chance that had been offered him as though it were the one sole opportunity that he would ever be given but to appear to the world something that he was not was an art that bunning and his kind could never acquire that is their tragedy it was the fate of bunning that his boots and spectacles should always negative any attempt that he might make at a striking personality on the night after the rag he sat in olva's room and made a supreme effort at control if you can only hold on olva told him to the end of term it's only a week or two now just stick it until then you won't be bothered with me after that you're going away i don't know it depends i don't know what i should do if you went to have to stand that awful secret all alone only me knowing oh i couldn't i couldn't and, and now that craven craven knows nothing he doesn't even suspect anything see here bunning ulva crossed over to him and put his hand on his shoulder can't you understand that your behavior makes me wish that i hadn't told you whereas if you care as you say you do you ought to want to show me how you can carry it to prove it to me that i was right to tell you yes i know but but craven craven knows nothing but he does bunning's voice became shrill and his fat hand shook on ulva's arm there's something i haven't told you this morning in outer court he stopped me craven stopped you yes there was no one about i was going along to my rooms and he met me and he said hello bunning well i've been thinking of it of his knowing i mean all night so i was dreadfully startled dreadfully startled i'm afraid i showed it get on what did he say he said hello bunning yes you've told me that what else i said hello 
i was dreadfully startled i don't think he's ever spoken to me before and then he looked so strange wild as though he hadn't slept and white and his eyes moved all the time i'm afraid he saw that i was startled do get on what else did he ask you he asked me whether i'd enjoyed last night he said you were with dune weren't you he cried as though he wasn't speaking to me at all that's an odd sort of friend for you to have i ought to have been angry i suppose but i was shaking all over yes well then he said i thought you were in it with all those pie men and i just couldn't say anything at all i was shaking so he must have thought i looked very odd i'm sure he did said olva dryly well it won't be many days before you give the show away that's certain what could have made him tell the fellow what madness what but bunning caught on to his sleeve no no you mustn't say that dune please you mustn't i'm going to do my best i really am but his coming suddenly like that just when i'd been thinking but it's awful i told you if anyone suspected it would make it so hard look here bunning perhaps it will help you if you know the way that i'm feeling about it i'll try and explain all these days there's something in me that's urging me to go out and confess conscience said bunning solemnly no it isn't conscience at all it's something quite different because the thing that's urging me isn't urging me because i've done something i'm ashamed of it's urging me because i'm in a false position there's that on the one side and on the other i'm in love with rupert craven's sister bunning gave a little cry yes that complicates things doesn't it now you see why rupert craven is the last person who must know anything about it it's because he loves his sister so much and suspects i think that i care for her that he's going to find out the truth does she care for you bunning brought out huskily i don't know that's what i've got to find out because it all depends on that if she cares enough it won't matter what you've done and if she doesn't care enough it won't matter her knowing because you oughtn't to marry her oh and bunning's eyes as they gazed at olva were those once more of a devoted dog she's lucky then he repeated as though to himself in his odd husky whisper anything that i can do anything that i can do two on the next evening about five o'clock olva went to the house in rocket road he went through a world that in its frosty stillness held beauty in its hands like a china cup so fragile in its colours so gentle in its outline with a moon round and of a creamy white with a sky faintly red and stiff trees black and sharp cambridge came to olva then as a very lovely thing the cambridge life was a lovely thing with its kindness its simplicity its optimism he was penetrated too with a great sadness because he knew that life of that kind was gone once and forever from him whatever came to him now it could never again be that peace the long houses flung black shadows across the white road and god kept him company miss margaret craven had not yet come in but would mr doone perhaps go up and see mrs craven the old woman's teeth chattered in the cold little hall we are all dead all of us dead here the skins on the wall seemed to say and you'll be dead soon oh yes you will olva went up to mrs craven 
the windows of her room were tightly closed and a great fire was blazing before this she lay stretched out on a sofa of faded green her black dress her motionless white hands her pale face her moving eyes she had beside her to-day a little plate of dry biscuits and now and again her hand would move across her black dress and break one of these with a sharp sound and then her hand would fall back again i am very glad to see you draw your chair up to the fire it is a chill day but fine i believe she regarded him gravely it is not much of life that i can watch from this room mr doone it is good of you to come and see me there must be many other things for you to do he came at once to the point i want your permission to ask your daughter to marry me mrs craven there was a long silence between them he seemed in his inner consciousness to be carrying on a dialogue you see he said to the shadow i have forestalled you i shall ask margaret craven this evening to marry me you cannot prevent that you cannot and a voice answered all things betray thee who betrayest me you have known us a very short time mr doone mrs craven's voice came to him from a great distance he felt as though he were speaking to two persons time has nothing to do with falling in love mrs craven he saw to his intense amazement that she was greatly moved she who had always seemed to him a mask now was suddenly revealed as suffering tortured intensely human her thin white hands were pressed together i am a lonely unhappy woman mr doone margaret is now all that is left to me everything has been taken from me rupert her voice was lost very slowly tears rolled down her cheeks she began again desperately margaret is all that i have if i were left alone it would be too much for me i could not endure the silence it was the more moving in that it followed such stern reserve his own isolation the curious sense that he had that they were both of them needing protection against the same power it seemed to him that if he raised his eyes he would see on the opposite wall the shadow of that third presence this filled him with the tenderest pity so that suddenly he bent down and kissed her hand she caught his with a fierce convulsive movement and so they sat in silence whilst he felt the pulse of her hand beat through his body and once a tear rolled from her cheek on to his wrist you understand she said at last you understand i have always seen that you know and then she whispered how did you know no he was bewildered but before she could speak again the door opened and margaret craven came in she moved with that restrained emotion that he had seen in her when he had first met her she was some great force held in check some fire that blazed but must be hidden from the world and as she bent over her mother and kissed her the embrace had in it something of passionate protest both women seemed to assert in it their right to quite another sort of life he saw that his moment with mrs craven had passed that fire that humanity had gone from her and she lay back now on her sofa with the faint waxen lids closed upon her eyes her hands thinly folded almost a dead woman margaret kissed her again 
now softly and gently and olva went with her from the room three he was prepared to find that rupert had told her everything he thought that he saw in the gravity and sadness of her manner and also in the silence that she seemed deliberately at first to place between them that she was waiting for the right moment to break it to him he felt that she would ask him gravely and with great kindness but that in the answer that he would give her it must be all over the end the pursuit would be concluded then suddenly in the way that she looked at him he knew that she had been told nothing i'm afraid that mother is very unwell i'm afraid that you must have found her so if she could get away he began ah if we could all get away if only we could but we have talked of that before it is quite impossible and even if we could and how glad i should be i do not know that it would help mother it is rupert that is breaking her heart rupert for answer to his exclamation she cried to him with all the pent-up suffering and loneliness of the last weeks in her voice ah oh, mr doone help me i shall go mad if something doesn't happen every day it is worse and i can't grapple with it i'm not up to it if only they'd speak out but it's this silence she seemed to pull herself together and went on more quietly you know that rupert and i have been everything to one another all our lives we have never had a secret of any kind until this last month rupert was the most open dearest boy in the world his tenderness with my mother was a most wonderful thing and to me i cannot tell you what he was to me i suppose for the very reason that we were so much to one another we did not make any other very close friends i had girls in dresden of course and there were men at school and college for whom he cared but i think there can have been few brothers and sisters who were so entirely together in every way a month ago that all ceased she flung her head back with a sharp defiant movement as though the memory of it hurt her i've told you this before i talked to you about it when you were here last but since then he has become much worse and i am afraid that anything may happen i have no one to go to it is killing my mother and then you were a friend of his i hope that i am now that is the horrible part of it but it seems now that all this agitation this trouble is directed against you against me yes the other evening he spoke about you here furiously he said you must never come here again that i must never speak to you again he said that you had done dreadful things and then when i asked him he could not tell me anything he seemed and you must look on it in that light mr doone as though he were not in the least responsible for what he said i'm afraid he is very very ill he is dreadfully unhappy and yet he can explain nothing i too have been very unhappy and mother because we love him if he wishes that i should not come here again olva began but he is not responsible he really does not know what he is doing he never had the smallest trouble that he did not confide it to me and now i have noticed of course olva said that lately his manner to me has been strange i would have helped him if he would let me but he will not he will have nothing to say to me i too have been very sorry about it 
i have been sorry because i am fond of rupert but also there is another stronger reason because i love you margaret as he spoke he got up and stood by her chair he saw her take in his last words at first with a wondering gravity then with a sudden splendour so that light flooded her face her arms made a little helpless gesture and she caught his hand he drew her up to him out of her chair then with a fierce passionate movement they held one another and clung together as though in a desperate wild protest against the world you can't touch me now i've got her he seemed to fling at the blank face of the old mirror it was his act of defiance but through his exultation he caught the whisper it might again have been conveyed to him through the shrill shivering notes of the valsdiste tell her tell her now trust her dear son trust me it must be so in the end now he heard her say i can stand it all when you came into this room weeks ago she went on i loved you from the very first instant now i do not mind what any one can do i too loved you from the first instant you were so grave i tried at first not to think of you as a person at all because i thought that it was safer and then gradually although i fought against you i could not keep you out you drove your way in you understood so wonderfully the things that i wanted you to understand then rupert and mother drove me to want you more and more i thought that you liked me but i didn't know then with a little shiver she clung to him pressing close to him oh hold me oh hold me safe the room was now gathering to itself that dusk that gave it its strangest air the fire had fallen low and only shone now in the recesses of the high fireplace with a dull glimmer amongst the shadows it seemed that the presence was gravely waiting as olva held margaret in his arms he felt that he was fighting to keep her in the dark hollow of the mirror he thought that he saw the long white road the mists the little wood and some one running it seemed to him that margaret was not there that the room was dark and very heavy that some bell was ringing in his ear then about him a thousand voices were murmuring tell her tell her tell her the truth with a last effort he tried to cry i will not tell her his lips broke on her name margaret then with a little sigh tumbling forward he fainted End of chapter twelve